Hey everyone, welcome back. This is episode 5 in season 11. Today is Wednesday, January 31st, 2024. My name is Sonal Patel, and this is the Paint the Medical Picture podcast series. Now, all right, you guys, today is the last day of the month, so you know what that means. It's my newsworthy fraud, waste, and abuse highlights for the month of January. And of course, I'm going to be spotlighting some of those from the month's criminal and civil enforcement cases that I find newsworthy. And in my trusty tip, I wanted to go over the new DME POS documentation requirements for refills. And of course, I'm going to go ahead and close out and round out today's episode with another remarkable quote on quality and quantity by Frederick Chopin. Let's get into it. So let's get into Newsworthy, the month's fraud, waste, and abuse cases. The month of January saw 43 cases as of the recording of this episode. Early January saw a case involving a Florida research hospital who agrees to pay more than $19.5 million to resolve liability relating to self-disclosure of improper billing for clinical trial costs. Here, a nonprofit cancer treatment and research center based in Tampa, Florida, has agreed to pay over $19.5 million to resolve its civil liability under the False Claims Act for improper claims submitted to federal health care programs for certain patient care items and services provided during research studies that were not eligible for reimbursement. In connection with this settlement, the United States acknowledged that the research hospital took a number of significant steps entitling it to credit for cooperating with the government. This settlement resolves the research hospital's civil liability for claims that it submitted to Medicare and other federal health care programs during the period from 2014 to 2020 for services that were not reimbursable under Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, CMS's rules governing reimbursement for for clinical care provided in connection with clinical research trials. Specifically, it billed federal health care programs for items and services provided as part of its clinical trial research that should have been billed to non-government trial sponsors. After learning of these issues, the research hospital initiated an independent investigation and compliance review and voluntarily provided the government with a written disclosure of its findings. It cooperated fully with the government's investigation of the conduct and implemented prompt and substantial remedial measures. The federal share of this settlement is approximately $18.2 million, and the state Medicaid share of the settlement is approximately $1.3 million. Protecting the nation's health care programs is a top priority of our office, end quote, said the U.S. attorney on the case. He continued on, quote, when those who receive funds from government health care programs discover that they have submitted improper claims, we encourage them to promptly disclose the issues and cooperate fully with investigators to reach an appropriate and swift settlement. That's what this research hospital did here, self-reported its improper claims, cooperated with government investigators, and took action to remediate its billing systems." The claims resolved by this settlement are allegations only, and there has been no determination of liability. Early January also saw hospitals pay $7.25 million to settle allegations that they violated the False Claims Act. 
Here, Tennessee hospital systems have paid over $7.25 million to resolve allegations that they violated the False Claims Act. This settlement resolves allegations that they caused the submission of false claims to Medicare that resulted from improper financial arrangements between the hospitals and other and another clinic, including kickbacks that they paid to this clinic as part of its as a part of its affiliation with the clinic. Now, quote, federal law prohibits monies from influencing where a doctor refers a patient for treatment to keep doctors focused solely on what is best for the practice, end quote, said a U.S. state's attorney on the case. He continued on, quote, we contend that these hospitals affiliation with the clinic ran afoul of that law. When hospitals pay kickbacks to physician practices, regardless of what form those kickbacks take, they can expect to be the focus of our reinforcement efforts, end quote. In its complaint, the United States alleged that from December 2011 until February of 2019, the hospitals had a multi-agreement affiliation with the clinic and a university health science center. The affiliation agreements with the clinic included an asset purchase agreement, management services agreement, leased employee and administrative services agreement, and a professional services agreement. According to the complaint, the hospitals used these agreements as a vehicle to pay kickbacks to the clinic in part to induce the clinic to refer Medicare beneficiaries to the hospitals. The affiliation ended in 2019 and is no longer ongoing. The civil settlement includes the resolution of claims brought under the KETAM or whistleblower provisions of the False Claims Act by two gentlemen, one a former president of one of the hospitals and the second a former dean of the University Health Science Center. Under those provisions, a private party can file an action on behalf of the United States and receive a portion of any recovery. The Act also permits the United States to intervene and take over the litigation and receive a portion of any recovery, such as the United States did here. The gentlemen will each receive a share of the recovery. The claims settled by this settlement are allegations only and there has been no determination of liability. Late January saw a New York hospital who was agreed to pay over $800,000 to settle claims that physician practices improperly build government health care programs. Here, the government alleged that radiation oncology practices failed to properly review images taken for guided radiation therapy. The New York hospital has agreed to pay over $800,000 to resolve claims that two radiology practices improperly billed Medicare, Medicaid, and TRICARE for images used in image-guided radiation therapy treatments, or IGRT, provided to cancer patients. The settlement agreement, which resolved claims under the Federal False Claims Act, was approved on January 19, 2024. A United States attorney on the case stated, quote, the defendants provided substandard care to cancer patients by not properly or timely reviewing medical imaging and then billed taxpayer-funded health care programs for these shoddy services, end quote. He continued on, quote, my office is committed to holding health care providers accountable for such conduct, end quote.
Now, the two clinics, which are no longer operating, provided outpatient radiation oncology services to several Brooklyn communities. IGRT is a type of cancer treatment that uses imaging technologies, imaging technologies such as PET scans, MRI scans, and CT scans to deliver radiation more accurately and safely into cancer cells. It uses periodically taken images to guide the precise delivery of radiation. The United States claimed that between the years 2012 and 2018, the two clinics billed for images utilized in IGRT when such images were either not reviewed or were not timely reviewed and therefore were not reasonable and not necessary. Further, the investigation found that initial consultation sessions at one clinic were in some instances billed at a higher coding level than appropriate. Under the terms of this agreement with the United States and the state of New York, the hospital will pay a total of $801,000 with $694,999.71 going to the United States and $106,000.29 going to the state of New York. These funds will go to the Medicare, Medicaid, and TRICARE programs. The settlement includes the resolution of a civil action brought under the KETAM, or whistleblower provisions, of the False Claims Act. Under the KETAM provisions of the False Claims Act, a private party can file an action on behalf of the United States and receive a portion of the settlement if the government takes over the case and reaches a monetary agreement with the defendant. The claims resolved by the settlement here are allegations only, and there has been no admission of or determination of liability. Late January also saw the United States and the state of Washington file False Claims Act complaints against an entity for knowingly endangering patients and fraudulently billing for spinal surgery procedures. Here, in this complaint that was filed, alleging that a Washington state health system knowingly endangered patient safety and falsely and fraudulently billed Medicare, Medicaid, and other federal health care programs for spinal surgery procedures performed at one of its hospitals between the years 2019 and 2021 by a former neurosurgeon. Now, between 2013 and 2019, the neurosurgeon practiced at another hospital system amidst allegations that he was performing there medically unnecessary surgeries, harming patients, and falsifying diagnoses. This hospital permitted the neurosurgeon to resign. The complaint alleges that following this earlier resignation, this hospital system hired the neurosurgeon to perform neurosurgery services at one of its hospital locations. The complaint alleges that during the hiring process, the hospital system became aware of concerns and red flags about the neurosurgeon and his surgical judgment from his time at the previous entity, but recognizing that he was a workhorse, made the decision to hire him and allow him to begin seeing patients and performing surgery at this hospital in July of 2019. The complaint further alleges that in October of 2019, this hospital system recognized that he was performing a high volume of surgeries and generating significant revenue for this organization. And so they placed him on an, on an incentive compensation structure, meaning that the greater volume and complexity of the surgeries performed by the neurosurgeon, the more money he would make. 
The complaint also alleges that in February 2020, the United States Attorney's Office specifically informed this hospital system that it was investigating concerns that the neurosurgeon was harming patients, falsifying diagnoses, and performing medically unnecessary surgeries. According to the complaint, despite receiving this information, as well as multiple internal complaints and concerns that he was performing medically unnecessary surgeries and endangering patients, the hospital system made the decision to allow him to continue seeing patients and performing surgery until the Washington Department of Health summarily suspended the neurosurgeon's ability to perform surgery in March 2021. The complaint alleges that the hospital system not only endangered patients through its conduct, but falsely and fraudulently claimed and received reimbursement for millions of dollars from federal health care programs between July 2019 and March 2021. The federal health care programs are, number one, Medicare, which provides health coverage to our elderly and disabled Americans, number two, the Washington State Medicaid, which is jointly administered and funded by the United States and the state of Washington, and which provides health care coverage to low-income Washingtonians. And third, the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, or VA Community Care Program, which provides health insurance coverage for veterans for certain specialized services that cannot be performed at VA facilities. And fourth, the TRICARE Program, which provides health care insurance coverage for active duty and retired military service members, reserves, and their families. And finally, fifth, the Federal Employee Health Benefits Program, which provides health insurance coverage to federal civilian employees. Now, in April 2022, the first hospital involved, the one in which they told the neurosurgeon to resign, agreed to pay approximately $22.7 million and implement a standard of care corporate integrity agreement to resolve its liability concerning surgical procedures performed by the neurosurgeon and another that billed to federal health care programs. Now, in April 2023, the neurosurgeon agreed to pay approximately $1.2 million to resolve his individual liability under the False Claims Act. And according to court documents, while the United States and the state of Washington's investigation of the first organization began in February 2020, in April 2022, a former patient of the neurosurgeon at this hospital system filed a KETAM complaint under seal in the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Washington. When a whistleblower or relator files a KETAM complaint, the False Claims Act requires the United States to investigate the allegations and elect whether to intervene and take over the action or to decline to intervene and allow the relator to go forward with the litigation on behalf of the United States. The relator is generally able to then share in any recovery. Over the past decade, recoveries in the Eastern District of Washington in False Claims Act cases have exceeded $400 million. Now, there were many, many of the other usual suspects as well, from nursing home abuses, DME fraud schemes galore, prescription drug abuses, opioids and pill mills cases, and even more kickbacks and bribery schemes. But I wanted to go ahead and pay particular attention to yet another case involving, that's right, you know it, another P-STEM device, 
or those over-the-ear acupuncture devices that I know I've talked about here on this podcast time and time again for the past two years. Now here, Texas clinic owners have agreed to settle allegations regarding acupuncture devices. The owners of this Texas clinic have agreed to pay a total of up to $108,000 to settle allegations they submitted false claims. From January 27th of 2016 to September 16th of 2020, a chiropractor and two nurse practitioners and this Texas clinic billed Medicare for the surgical implantation of neurostimulator electrodes. Now, these are invasive procedures usually requiring the use of an operating room. Medicare pays thousands of dollars per procedure. However, the government alleged that no surgery was involved. Instead, patients received devices used for electroacupuncture, which only involves inserting needles into patients' ears and taping the neurostimulator device behind the ears with an adhesive. In addition to the financial settlement, this Texas clinic agreed to a five-year period of exclusion from participation in any federal health care programs. To date, this is the 11th case the Southern District of Texas has resolved for similar conduct. And now it's time for my best practice tips and trusty tip. CMS has released updated documentation requirements for refillable DME POS. Now, effective January 1st, 2024, suppliers and other providers billing Medicare administrative contractors their max for durable medical prosthetics, orthotics, and supplies, or DME POS, they provide must contact their patients before refilling their DME POS. Now, documentation requirements include evidence that the patient or their representative has confirmed their need to refill these supplies within 30 calendar days from the expected end of the current supply. Now, for shipped items, the documentation requirements must include the patient's name and the date of contact and the item requested and confirmation from the patient and explaining the need for the refill. All of these must be captured in documentation. And then documentation requirements for items in retail stores have to require a signed delivery slip or a copy of the itemized sales receipt. Now, the implementation date by the MAX throughout the nation is February 19th, 2024. And finally, I focus Season 11 Spark on quality and quantity. I want this 11th season spark to be filled with our world's thought leaders, writers, artists, philosophers, everyone who inspires the need for better understanding of quality versus quantity. So in this week's inspiring quote in Spark is from Frédéric Chopin. Simplicity is the final achievement. After one has played a vast number of notes and more notes, it is simplicity that emerges as the crowning reward of art. So very true, right? This quote reminds us that it is our years of experience, the sheer quantity of our efforts, this quantity often leads to the greater quality of our work, of the end product. This quote inspires us to embrace that simple notion that our number of years working towards something 
often reveals the beauty of what remains. It's the quality that remains for the ages. I'm happy Frédéric Chopin's spark burns brightly in all of us today. So that wraps up today's episode. And as always, I appreciate you all diving into today with me. If you want more information from me, please go ahead and follow me on LinkedIn. I'll leave links to everything in the show notes below. Now that's right. It's the very last day of the month, right? You guys, January 31st. I can't believe the first month of this new year has already come to an end. The year is flying by so quickly. I hope you guys are all satisfied and striving towards your year that sees you soar to new heights. Wish you guys all an amazing and very, very happy week ahead. Thank you guys so much for listening on today's episode. And I hope every week with me brings you closer to helping your providers paint a masterpiece. See you next Wednesday.